Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary, and I'm here, as always, every other week with my friend, my co-host, academic advisor, Sir Ross Ferguson. Have I been knighted recently? You've been knighted by me. You're a knight in the Lord's army. (laughs) Isn't there a song along those lines? Uh, yes, uh, I'm. Yeah, you know, you there's hand motions it? and everything. I'm in the Lord's <laughs> yeah. army. Yeah. Yeah. How you been, man? I've been doing good. Uh, just great season of our life. Still enjoying Kansas City. Still enjoying the weather, yeah. which is surprising. Which is that surprising that you're well, enjoying the weather? Well, everyone told us when we moved here. Oh, Kansas City. You know what? This it's has like been a very Midwest. mild winter, actually. Yeah. Been pretty mild. See, I quite, I still quite like the cold. I like the snow. I, I kind of like all weather. So yeah, we're we're doing good as a family. Still loving living here. So. Yeah, good deal. And I had a recent visit from my mother, and she brought a lot of things from. She the even UK. brought stuff for me. Yeah. <laughs> what would she bring you? Nine hundred tea bags. I heard. Yeah, they're not for me though. That's, okay. that's my wife's choice. I don't drink tea. <laughs> okay. Sacrilege. I know. Um, but yeah, she brought all of the goodies, all the treats from the UK that we can actually get here, or that we can get here, but they're charged like five times the price. Yeah. And so she brought two suitcases with her. One suitcase was just treats for us, and it was the biggest suitcase. And I remember looking at the two suitcases, going, "Genuinely, do, did you bring any clothes with you at all?" <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, just in this little suitcase." Now, packing those in suitcases, which I'm, I'm assuming you got to pay for the bag. You got to pay for the baggage. Y- yes and no, depending on how you fly. Okay. Okay. Because there's some tickets I know. I, I've yeah. done a little bit of international travel where like some tickets, the purchase of the baggage is in there, a certain weight or something yeah. as part yeah. of the Yeah. So ticket. she adds a certain weight. So 50 okay. pounds in weight. And then the 50 pounds in weight over 30 pounds was just <laughs> treats for us. I'm just trying to figure out like the, I wonder if y'all done the math, maybe after you pay the baggage fee. It works out the same yeah. as just going to the local British shop or whatever it is so that you don't want to go to. Here's the thing. If I go to the local British shop, which is actually in Lawrence, so okay, it's, it's a little not that local. So you got gas to uh, factor in. I'm paying for it. Yeah. Uh, where if <laughs> my mother comes over from yeah. Scotland, I'm not paying for it. Okay. So I don't need to factor in those costs. Thank you, mother. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm <laughs> just grateful that she found it uh, enough space to bring me a couple of little gifts yeah. as well. I don't, do, do, do you know what she gave me? Uh, I'm racking my brains to remember. I know what she got Becky. Okay. If I remember correctly. Which was what? A tea towel. A tea towel, With right. recipes on it, I think. Uh, well, I don't think it had recipes. It just had like different words. It had like different catchphrases um, and words and okay. things on it. Um, I got a Nessie keychain. Oh, yes. A Loch Ness Monster keychain. this. And a, uh, a Loch Ness Monster um, cookie cutter. Just, just to continue your ridiculous belief <laughs> that such an animal is in fact real. I mean, it's it's magical. And Christmas is a time for magic. So. It's delusional. That's what it is. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. Thank you, Pat, for those gifts. Even though your son is begrudging those, <laughs> the nature of those of those gifts. Uh, hey, man, we got a, a, an exciting uh, subject to talk about. It's exciting to me. <laughs> you seem less excited. We just had lunch. We sort of talked over some of these things. You dropped a bombshell on me. Yeah. Which is that you don't think Christian movies are that bad. I don't. <laughs> I have complete disagreement. I need to rotate you out. I need to find somebody. <laughs> but here's my question. Talk about delusional. It's based on research. I don't think oh, your view brother. is based on research. Based on research. What's the what's the research? Well, that here's you my question. How many Christian movies have you actually watched? I stopped watched? watching. I watched a bunch when, when my wife worked for Lifeway, and we were immersed neck deep in all of this media. We saw every Christian movie that they were sending out on DVD. 
every church-based, faith-based film. We saw all of those things. So you and seen enough the of the ones. track record, and then a few smatterings since then. Uh, I'm not running. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm Charlie Brown running at the football, and Lucy's promising, hey, this is the one. Every time somebody says, like, <laughs> no, this is the one that's good. And I would watch it, and I realize no, there's there's like no exceptions to the rule. There are zero exceptions. They're all bad. Can I rotate myself out? Uh, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm just tell me what disagree. what you like. What? So I worked out. I watched nearly thirty Christian movies. I have my top five. Okay. I have ones that I think are horrendous. Yeah. But I have ones that I think I want to hear your top five. Okay, top five. Number one, genuinely, because it was shot in Scotland, Chariots of Fire. Oh, okay. We have different categories here, Chris. That's not that's not a Christian. That's a movie. Christian movie. I mean, it is a Christian movie, but it's not like what I'm talking about. Okay, what are you talking? I'm about talking about then? like movies made for the Christ, for the evangelical subculture so by like the evangelical subculture. The Kendrick movies. Oh, well, I didn't want to name to names, Ross. <laughs> I didn't want to be throwing out names today. Um, it's things like God's Not Dead Part Fifty Eight, okay. right? Like we know God's Not Dead, but creativity <laughs> apparently is right. So, so in my top five, I have Overcomer. Which one is that? I see a modern one. I have Courageous. Oh, brother. Again, more modern. Uh, I have Prince of Egypt. Okay, again, not not a Christian movie. It I understand what you mean. It's a Christian movie, movie, but it's not what I'm talking about. So what is your movie. category? So what you're saying is that every movie that I've said, which is related to the Christian faith, which is either animated or real life or biographical, is not in your category. No, because those movie. movies were made by Hollywood. They were made by the Holly, by the <laughs> entertainment so you don't Industrial like Hollywood, complex. that's what you're saying. What's that? You don't like Hollywood. No, I, I do. I'm saying the ones that you mentioned that are good actually aren't so, made by evangelical subculture. Prince of Egypt, who's the director of Prince of Egypt? No idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was produced, I think, by Steven Spielberg. But it's a good movie. It is a good movie, but it's not what I'm talking about when I say a Christian movie. Okay. So we need to define terms, apparently. Okay, let's let's define your... Okay, so I think your overcomer and your courageous may yes. fit into this category. I, these are more of the, um, and I've got actually at least one friend, maybe multiple friends who work in this industry. So I don't say this lightly, but the movies aren't good. I disagree. <laughs> Completely disagree. This okay. is going to be a what, six minute podcast. <laughs> what do you need to define a good movie? Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay. How do we make them better? Maybe um, we can both talk about how we make them better. Why do you need to we're be just, better? We're at different stages <laughs> of quality. No, I think for Christian movies, you have to accept a few things, okay? And I think this might be possibly your issue coming into them. That excellence isn't um, necessary. That's no, one of the things you have you to accept. You have to accept. It's like when the kids put on a play, right? You <laughs> clap at the end because it's the kids. Yeah. That's so, how I feel like Christian So there movies is are. a certain, now I know that I'm not allowed to actually mention names. There's a certain company that produces and sends out a lot of Christmas movies that everybody likes to watch at Christmas. They are dreadful movies. You know, like the Hallmark. Yes, thing? Yeah, they're yeah. dreadful movies. We can mention them. Okay, can't mention any others though. Um, they, <laughs> they they make dreadful movies, but they all have the same thing: a feel good factor that is just what you need at that time of year. I feel like that's what Christian movies are. They have a feel good factor that always end well, but you have to accept they're corny, they're cheesy, <laughs> okay. and they tend to operate in the prosperity world of everything will be all right at the end of the day. So in your mind, those don't mitigate. It's just bad. sort of like you just accept those yeah. those things about them. Yeah. And then you can enjoy the movie. Yeah. I, I can't enjoy the movie when they're when it's corny unintentionally. Like if something like knows it's just owning its own kind of corniness, that's one thing. But if it 
if it's earnest <laughs> and and isn't pulling it off, I just I just find that bad art. You, you don't care about bad art. You just like you just consume no, media. I, that, that question bases my viewpoint of these mo- movies being bad art. I don't see them as bad art. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying. You I don't, don't think them. that they're bad art? No. And there's so many that we can mention. What about Pilgrim's Progress? Which had, I mean, there's a the, which the, film? the latest one with the Gettys in it. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what about uh, the Star, a kids' movie about Christmas? What about... Is it about the Christmas star? Is it personified? Does it have like a face? <laughs> don't. Just don't. <laughs> what about true stories? Woodlawn. Do you believe? What about... What the, it doesn't matter what the premise is. I don't judge a movie based on whether the premise is acceptable or not, but whether the execution is, accept, is acceptable or not. If it, if it You're make, saying it doesn't matter. My view is if it makes you feel better at this the This is a end. whole different subject than I thought we were going to be covering. <laughs> we're talking about how you, how you even uh, evaluate yeah. Christian movies. If, you make, if it makes you feel better at the end or, or, or brings an emotion, uh, then, then on some level it's achieved something. So um, for me... These movies achieve the sense of a feel-good factor. Okay, let me resituate the question. (laughs) We've got off to uh, quite a strong start. How do we make Christian movies less corny? Because you did acknowledge that they are corny. Better actors. Okay, this is is where I want to get going. So we disagree that they're good or bad, (laughs) whether whether they're terrible or not. You don't even care. You've got no artistic filter for these things at all. Your words, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) No, you just expressed that. But you did acknowledge that they're corny. Yeah. So let's talk about how to make them less corny. Yeah. So they're they're not they don't tend to be great actors, or it tends to be Hollywood actors that have I think at times um, in their own consciences uh, made the decision to no longer shoot Hollywood films. So um, there's definitely either they made the decision or the decision or, was made for them. That's harsh. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying a lot of the I mean let's be honest a lot of the Hollywood actors that end up in these movies are in the sort of fallow end of their career. But they're the best ones usually in the movies because... That's, that's true. Yeah. I like that. And, I'll and agree I think in most Christian movies, all that you need to qualify to do the movie is that be, you have to be a Christian. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, here's your line, say them out and put a smile on your face. Yeah. But that's part of the endearing element to it. <laughs> no, it's not endearing <laughs> at all. And in fact, I think it feel, it, it gives even sort of a glossy... Vision is sort of like we put the pretty people on stage, you know, at at you know certain churches. We're gonna, you know, if you got if you got the right face, if you you know check the right you know marks, and one and one of them doesn't have to be acting ability, <laughs> we'll put you in and put you in the film. <laughs> we'll put you in the video. We need better acting, but I think even fundamentally, we need something more important than that, more primary than that. I think the writing is terrible in these movies. And as a writer, I take exception Some to the way them. so many of these are, are written. Some of them I'll agree. Some of them. But okay. not all of them. Okay. Well, when you do agree, what do you find is lacking in, in the uh, poorly written? Oh, it's the same thing on rinse and repeat. There's a bit of hardship. It gets really bad. Then there's a bit of light because God comes into the situation. Then it all gets better. Everyone claps at the end. We all go home. <laughs> It's the same thing on repeat. And my wife would say, uh, so I really like sports movies uh, and my wife does not. And she says it's the same thing every single time. They were good. They become bad. They get good again. That's the end of the story. For Christian movies, it's there was a sin or an issue. God steps in. 
It's no longer there. Everyone's happy. <laughs> so the formulaic nature it's, of them. It, yeah, it's very similar. So which, even, yeah. you know, courageous is issue of fatherhood and husband. It was going good. It becomes bad. They look to God. It gets better. Everyone's happy. Uh, overcomer. It's about, you know, facing a trial. See, I, see, even as I'm repeating this, I'm looking at you going, <laughs> you haven't even given the credence to these movies of even watching them. You know, once you've been burned enough times... <laughs> It's like saying, hey, have you put your hand on the stove in a while? You know? No, I haven't done it in 10 years. Well, then how can you say it'll burn you if you haven't done it in 10 years? Because in 10 years, a lot of things have changed. <laughs> I don't agree because I see the trailers for these things, which is where they put the best material, and they say, this is what's going to compel you, and it and it's off. The writing is terrible. The acting is terrible. They even give you the formulaic trajectory of the plot in the trailer. Which a lot of movies do. They show you the whole story. But the Christian ones do as well. So the kid falls out of the tree or through yeah. the ice or whatever it is. And even if it's based on a true story, like that's supposed to be compelling. It's based on a true story. But I guarantee you the true story was a little more nuanced. It was less formulaic than what is ending up on, but, on the screen. And life is not like that. You don't watch a movie to see what life is actually like. You watch a movie who, to who kind says, of— What do you mean you? I'm saying we're trying to make them better, right? It's, it's, it's escapism. What, what you're saying is, uh, the argument you're making is they're fine for the feel Christian marketplace yeah. because Christian marketplace doesn't care about no, whether something it's, is, it's is a, realistic. It's a feel-good factor. They just want to feel good. Yeah. Okay. I think that that's not a, a great aim. <laughs> Feeling good is fine. But is that what the faith is all about? Is that what the scriptures are all about? So now you've touched a point. I don't think <laughs> Christian movies should, and I think God's Not Dead kind of comes into this quite a bit, um, act as a kind of evangelistic tool in the sense of they have to be um, gospel presentation. They have to be theologically robust. They have to be X, Y, and Z. Um, yes, I pronounce a Z as Z, not Z. <laughs> sure, whatever, um, okay. <laughs> but I, I think they produce something that's a little bit different than what's out there on the market, which is feel-good factor with uh, an ethos of truth. <laughs> I'm, I, I am dumbfounded. <laughs> because even as a... Um, first of all, I didn't expect this argument from you because you're such a critical, cynical guy. I, I was expecting you actually to be... I was going to have to rein you in a little nope. bit. No. Nope. Um, the argument that you're making is essentially because it's Christian, we can overlook authenticity, transparency, any kind of groundedness, even in the the multifaceted feeling, so to speak, of scripture, we can it's it's okay to create pablum, basically, to create a sugar pill because why not? It's we need sweets every now and again. Yeah. Why should doesn't that reflect Christianity poorly? Not necessarily, no. <laughs> you don't think the sugar pill... No, because when Sugar I, pill Christianity is not Christianity. So I like two types of movies. I like movies that make me feel emotional. So okay. just, just generally take but, me okay, to... But okay, you can do that. Yeah, take me to a place of sadness or a place of frustration or, or even question whether I would live in a certain way. I also really like movies that are cheesy, corny, make me feel better at the end of it. Now... I'm not consuming those as a way of faith or a way of theology. I'm just consuming those because I like to feel emotion and escapism and I like to feel better. So I am a massive fan of Hallmark movies uh, <laughs> because they make me feel good. 
But you acknowledge they're not great films. I think some of them can be. Oh, my word. This has really backfired. I've got the wrong person. And um, you, like you are not passing the test here, man. This, this is not good. I, as if that I have to pass your test for movies. This is just what I like. Okay, it's what you like, but you have to admit that... I have admitted that there can be corny and cheesy <laughs> acting. That some of the older ones can be dodgy in terms of quality of filming because it's low budget. Well, here's um, what I'll acknowledge about the newer ones. They look better. Oh, they definitely look better. They crazy, definitely yeah. look better. So I think technically, cine, you know, cinematographically or... <laughs> Photographically, <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> uh, they look much better. We've gotten better equipment. We have better, more talented people. Yeah, we, we've we've made forays there, and there's bigger budgets. There's more money being put into. So, I mean, I don't know if you were seeing the Christian movies like in the '80s and '90s or in the early '90s yeah. when I was in youth group, and they would show these movies, and and they were they were just awful. Uh, but their budget, right? I mean, yeah. they didn't have like you Low know, they films. didn't have Hollywood you know budgets. Now we have Christian, you know, production companies and, uh, I mean, it's a whole industry now and with DVD sales and everything else, uh, you, you know, it used to be, it was actually a little film that you would, I guess, rent from someone They'd send it to your church or whatever. And then VHS now with DVD sales and everything, I, I, I assume that's contributed to upping the quality of the aesthetics, Yes, but the substance of the, 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 the material, the acting, I still think is is lagging behind well, let, artistic quality. Let, and I think if you want something to commend not just the Christian community, I almost don't even care about that. I'm not trying to like convince the world that Christians are cool or no. talented or whatever, but just to reflect the robustness of, of the faith and the human experience and how the scriptures speak into the human experience to represent life as it is and maybe we need more of a variety. Maybe that's the answer because it's the same story. That's, this that's is the, the question. Issue. You know, this is the concern I had about Christian fiction so long ago yeah. in terms of books. I could go into Barnes and Noble and I can see secular books that are pablum, that are yeah. you know sugar pills. But I could also buy literary fiction if I wanted to. I could buy something of good quality or poor quality. If I go into the Christian bookstore and look at the fiction shelf. I really have one option. There's not a variety. There's not, oh, I don't want the sugar pill, right? Or, you know, maybe there's a few other options, but they're very small. That range is smaller. So my concern is, if you're making Christian movies, why are they all the sugar pill and not more I think artistic It's movies? interesting. I think when Hollywood gets involved, as in they take a kind of Christian ethos story, as in there is a Christian character, yeah. they tend to not be the sugar pill ones. Um, so the one I'm thinking particularly of is Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that's in no way a sugar pill. It's a no. kind of tough movie to watch. But there is that kind of Christian ethos. That the, the question that's being asked really in that is, does faith impact? If you have a, a faith-based perspective, will you give that up? So um, for the sake of your country, for the sake of war, whatever it may be. And I think they tend to not go to the sugar pill ones. But here's my <laughs> argument, okay? okay? I like Hallmark movies, but I don't watch them every night. Okay. I watch them in a very particular mood. I've had a long week or something like that, and I, and I want that sugar pill. I want to feel good in my escapism. So watch a Hallmark movie. It's also easy viewing. I don't need to put too much of my brain power to it because you kind of know the storyline. 
I kind of feel that that's what Christian movies tend to be. There's not a lot of brain power to it. You can watch it easily. It's relatively safe to watch and you do feel good about it. And just behind those thoughts and scenes are, huh, I'm feeling good about this because it's talking about something different in life. It's talking about how God can bless, how about God can take you through a situation, how God can change your life. So for me, the, the feel good factor, the sugar pill, provide a moment to see that actually you can just escape into something that's nicer. <laughs> okay. So you like your movie. It's like to be like a warm bath. I, so I hate baths, but <laughs> okay. sure. I, sure. All right. Whatever. <laughs> uh, a cup of, of, of hot tea. See, my, I'd hate tea as well. <laughs> oh, my word. Okay. <laughs> but you love Christian movies. So. <laughs> so, see, here's my challenge, okay? My challenge is watch some of these modern ones and see if you feel like you're saying, I don't want to be burned again. Well, maybe it's time to rip that bandaid off and, and see if you might be willing to do it again and, and watch some of the newer ones. No, they're all bad. <laughs> but I, what I will say is, I think if you push me for an answer, if, if I split Christian movies into two, I think there's the Hollywood influence Christian movies. And then I think there's the Christian movies. The Christian movies tend to be the ones that are filmed relatively poorly, same storyline. The ones that Hollywood have influenced, what they've basically done is they found a, an amazing story and it happens to be a Christian that's in that story. And then they show that story. They tend to be pretty good. Or sometimes it's somebody who's running it who... You know, as a religious person yeah. as well. I mean, I, I don't want to get into the whole Catholic evangelical divide here, but Hacksaw Ridge was directed yeah. by Mel Gibson, who is a devout Catholic yeah. guy who made Passion of the Christ, which is probably the most famous and yeah. most popular and probably highest grossing, quote unquote, Christian movie. Those aren't quite the, you know, the movies I have in mind. Yeah. This last year, Mel Gibson was in uh, a movie that was sort of kind of brought to, it was kind of a passion project of Mark Wahlberg, Hollywood actor who is himself also a devout Catholic, and the movie is about a priest. Yeah. And it was a good movie. It's rated R for language and that yeah. sort of thing. So, you know, you know, want to put that out there. But it's not really a Christian movie in the yeah. sense that I'm it's, kind of getting at. It's the here. kind of Christian ethos movie. Is, is There's kind of religion yes. as part of it. Yeah. The movies I think you're talking about is produced by I would even say Father Stu, um, I mean, it's explicitly a part of it. Like yeah. the, the movie is about a guy's conversion yeah. to Catholicism, but from kind of a hedonistic lifestyle yeah. into the priesthood, he becomes a yeah. priest. Even breaks up with his, you know, fiance, and and it's about and it's you know based on a true story. So a guy that Wahlberg was very inspired by, and that sort of thing. So it's not just a part of it; it yeah. really was the content of it. So you know, somewhat unique in that way. But I'm talking about movies sort of made by the evangelical subculture yeah. for the evangelical subculture. Don't shouldn't we have more variety there? Maybe you don't agree with that, but. If you agree that some of them are corny, we've mentioned acting, you don't think the writing could be better than I feel like they're writing cliches. I mean, they say the dialogue sounds like how people think people should talk yeah. or how the how exchanges should go in your head, but not how people actually talk. Yeah, I, I mean, I will concede one point. Okay. Uh, and that is it does look like acting rather than a real life situation. As in you know when actors are actually just yeah. acting something out. And again, I think that's because of the writing, because it doesn't, it's kind of juxtapose, juxtapose, juxtapose. Yeah, so there I'm, you go. I'm struggling right. with my words today. Um, but it, it, it doesn't seem real. And that that's not because of the, always the acting, it's some of the writing. And I think in some of the movies I've mentioned, you, you kind of know what they're going to do. And you just think in real life, that would never happen. 
But it comes back to that I don't necessarily want the movies to necessarily portray real life. I want them to portray a caricature of it almost. Um, mm. What I struggle with is when they tend to always the prosperity level, which is pre. There's one particularly famous. Well, why movie. not, Ross? I mean, that just makes you feel good. <laughs> Why no, you draw the line here is what I'm trying to figure out. Technically, it makes me feel bad because one guy <laughs> prayed for a pickup. He got a pickup delivered to him, and I'm thinking, where's my pickup? <laughs> um, no, I, I I think what we haven't touched on is what the, the market that they are good for is families. So I watch these Christian movies with my kids, okay. and they produce conversations. And even conversations like, by the way, that doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> okay. It's a movie. So okay. I think if you're watching it as a movie theater fan okay you're going to pick faults at it but watch it as someone that just wants a little bit feel good factor and it's good for the family i personally think yeah you can improve the writing a little bit yeah you can improve the actors a little bit yes the budgets can always go up i think they're kind of always going to be in this world of feel good factor about five years ago uh, I, I had to look it up so five years ago i published a piece on the for the church website this was out december 17 2018 called why christian movies are so terrible <laughs> And I'd like to direct people there to hear my <laughs> arguments about why they're so bad. Um, actually, the Christian Science Monitor wanted to pick this up. They wanted to run, to run this and an interview with me about it, and I didn't want to. Uh, I'm not. I'm not big on the. This is going to sound weird. You know, based on the subject that we're talking about, I'm not big on like the secular media interview thing. Okay. Two or three times in my life in the last few years, I've been asked if I'll be interviewed for something, and I just don't. I don't trust that. Yeah. I don't trust how it's going to come across, so I just that's uh, not my world. I don't I don't do that. So it, it picked up some traction, is all I'm trying to say. It kind of made a stir at at the time. One of the things that I highlight in the blog post is how I feel like Christian movies are made not by artists per se, but by propagandists. They begin. This is the message. This is the point. This is the feel good turn, yeah. and they build a story around it, which is something C.S. Lewis talks about um, in terms of writing how good Christian fiction or good Christian literature has a story and the theme sort of emerge from the story. It begins with a premise or an image or a scenario. It has story, whether fictitious or real. Mm. And you trust sort of the Christian imagery or Christian themes to kind of emerge from that rather than beginning with a, a message or something you got to get across. And then, and then the story becomes an artifice. And once the story is an artifice, everything else seems to feel somewhat unrealistic or inauthentic and and that sort of thing. I also, and you kind of touched on this, I mentioned that I think so many of the Christian movies take place in an imagined reality of Christian sentimentalism. So you think that's an, an asset, apparently, that it's a, just a feel-good world. I don't have to worry about it making me feel bad. I can watch it with my kids. It may not be the world as it is or as it goes, but it's as I want it to be for the next 90 minutes, yeah. that sort of thing. I choose to accept that that is the case, and then I enjoy it. <laughs> okay. If you don't choose to accept it, you're yeah. going to hate every minute of it. Yeah. Well, this podcast has gone terribly. <laughs> <laughs> we need some feedback on how to improve this podcast. I don't have to change the title of it because originally it was how to make Christian movies better. The title really should be, are Christian movies bad? No. Point, counterpoint. Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> no. Then uh, I think it's evidently yes. And I feel slightly. I think you should say yes, but it doesn't matter. That's really your position. I'll say it's not no, it's yes, but it doesn't matter. Some, yes, it doesn't (laughs) matter. And also, just so folks know, I haven't written a blog on why Christian movies are so great. Uh, I might consider doing so. Um, Yeah, okay. And I think what you'll find is 
honestly, I think people will think you're being a bit grumpy about this. And I think people are going <laughs> to, they're going to, after this podcast, go, do you know what? I'm going to give it another go. And I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised. Mm, I think they're going to go, why did I spend $1.99 <laughs> at the red box? For this, that's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to go, why are we listening to these two guys? I think that's what they're going to do. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, comparatively speaking, the we've compacted into a short amount of time uh, an amount of talent that is not comparable to what you find in a Christian movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is wow. real stuff. I was wow. ambushed by ambushed. your take <laughs> or surprised by your take. That's the stuff of real life, man. You couldn't have scripted this. <laughs> I thought we were going to sit down and actually have to restrain ourselves in being critical. I really just wanted to be, like, positive. How do we improve these things? And you sit down and go, I think they're great. Sorry. Kool-Aid is the best <laughs> beverage in the world. Sorry. You wanted to be positive, yet you wrote a blog saying, because why I'm, are Christian for movies so terrible? That was five years ago. Now I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> I, I wanted to build something with you here, some constructive criticism, I suppose. But you've got me on my heels. What we're going to have to do is we're going to have brotherly affection for one another and disagree on this matter. Yeah. And I am just going to take the high road off. You're entitled to your opinion. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and you are to yours. Life's too short to watch terrible trick. Life is too short to watch movies that make you feel bad. Watch movies <laughs> that make you feel good. Who says that you have to watch movies that make you feel bad? That's not even what I'm saying. <laughs> You can watch movies that make you feel good, that just have a ring of... So, like, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, you probably don't like that movie. Didn't watch it. Okay, you haven't seen it. Black, um, it's not a Christian movie, movie at all. Um, I mean, it's got, you know, God is in it, and there's prayer and that sort of thing. But it's not, re it's not really a religious movie. But, you know, it takes you through the gamut. It's like, it's like a Christmas carol type thing. It, it makes you feel good at the end. There's nothing wrong with that. But it takes you through some authentic feeling bad before you get there. And the acting... The acting is wonderful. That's the best thing about it because the plot is somewhat formulaic in some sense, but it's just overcome by Jimmy Stewart's well, naturalistic. I think acting. I could sum up how my wife thinks about this because okay. she, I think, agrees with you in terms of these types of movies because we were watching a particular movie uh, and my mom was there, wife was there, and the comment was made, Ross, do you actually like these movies? And Miriam just said, he does. Hmm. They're dreadful, but yeah. he does because it makes me feel better. Okay. And if I'm going to consume art, I'm going to want it to make me feel better. Okay. Well, if you enjoy the podcast, dear listener, and you want to tell us how to do better, <laughs> whether you like the podcast or not, leave us a good review or just a review, I suppose. Negative reviews, well, we can talk about those. Tell us how we can improve on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And until next time, overcome, <laughs> be courageous, <laughs> fireproof your church, and make Jesus big in it. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church. 